Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, January 30th. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance and our studio producer, Gabby in for Sarah this morning. Thanks so much for joining us across America on another Monday morning. Can you believe it? The last Monday of January. It's always a joy and always a privilege to be with you to start your week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hope you had a great championship weekend. If you are a football fan, Super Bowl 57 is all set. It'll be the Eagles and the Chiefs looking to hoist the Lombardi Trophy on Super Bowl Sunday coming up on February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. I want to bring in uh, my partner, Glenn Leverance, uh, a a devout uh, Vikings fan. (laughs) Glenn, uh, what what a finish. Uh, Can you believe I actually stayed up for that second game? Oh, good man, good man. You know, I, I think, I, I think sometimes when your own team is out of it, it's more relaxing to watch. But my goodness, not last night. What an exciting game! Coming down to the wire, about eight seconds left on the clock, I think, when the uh, snap happened uh, for Harrison Butker to kick that field goal through and uh, put the Chiefs ahead for good in a very close, very back and forth game. Uh, some great play by uh, both teams. Great play by, uh, of course, uh, a quarterback Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, and uh, a big role for the referees as well. I would say, John. Absolutely, and uh, we'll get into um, a couple of the highlights from that game in a, in a moment. Uh, but uh, first, the Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl after beating the San Francisco Forty Nine ers thirty one to seven in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles uh, knocked a Niners quarterback Brock Purdy out of the game uh, with a most unfortunate elbow injury. Uh, his backup also got a concussion. The Eagles' running game accounted for four rushing touchdowns on today, including uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts, as heard on Westwood One. Third and goal, the snap to Hurts. He tries to crowbar his way in over the guard. Touchdown! Hurts is taking it in. Shoved by his teammates from behind. A one-yard touchdown run by Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles have been the NFC's best team all season long. Zeros on the clock, and they will carry that momentum with big wins in the divisional round against the Giants and here in the championship round against San Francisco all the way to Arizona and Super Bowl 57. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. A convincing 31-7 win over San Francisco. And so the Eagles advanced to their fourth Super Bowl, their first since 2017, snapping the San Francisco 49ers 12-game winning streak. The Eagles will be squaring off with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs getting by Joe Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to in a fantastic AFC championship game as heard on Westwood One. Moving pocket. Mahomes looking. Right side throws. End zone. Touchdown. Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes with a strike and he delivers. 14-yard score. The Chiefs at their lead. We are tied at 20. 45-yard attempt. Looking for the lead. Butker. Snap. 
Placement, Buckner's kick. He's got it! Kansas City in front with three seconds remaining. And it is over! The Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. The Chiefs win the AFC Championship and get revenge against the Bengals. 23-20, to the final at Arrowhead. Harrison Butker, who is a devout Catholic uh, with three field goals on the night, including that game winner in dramatic fashion. You talk about ice water in his veins, uh, Glenn. Uh, how, how much more pressure can you get than three seconds left and then nail it? Well, I don't think he could help but have ice water in his veins, 21 degrees at kickoff and cooler as the game went on. But, uh, yeah, he, he handled it. Yeah. Good job uh, by Mr. Butker, absolutely. Yeah, and you can't help but uh, pull for him uh, when you consider that he is a a devout uh, Catholic and he's been very outspoken about uh, practicing his Catholic faith. I understand he's even been uh, an altar server in the uh, the traditional Latin Mass. Wow, there you go, there yeah, you go. Folks are looking really for a Catholic. reason to care more about sports, right? There you go, there you go. Hey, another nice human interest story of that, too. Not nice if you're a Bengals fan, very sad end, uh, that penalty at the very end, uh, uh, and uh, that allowed the Butker to get within field goal range. But uh, the player, Asia, uh, that uh, was the uh, the one who, the Bengal who got the penalty uh, for hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, uh, sitting by himself on the bench after the entire team, save for one teammate, had gone to the locker room. He was uh, fairly inconsolable, but uh, one guy did come over and try and, you know, uh, help him, you know, get past that one mistake after playing a pretty good game. Yeah, that is uh, part of the game. Uh, the agony of defeat and it's a most unfortunate penalty for that young man. Um, but uh, obviously it was a tremendous uh, a finish and uh, what, a, what a great uh, way to go for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who uh, are back in the Super Bowl, uh, their third one in the last uh, four years. So um, there's going to be a lot of storylines uh, to look at uh, coming up uh, here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, such a crazy year, but the uh, way it finishes out there, uh, Andy Reid, uh, coach of the of the Chiefs, also coached Philadelphia at one point, some calling it the Andy Reid Bowl. Uh, Travis Kelsey and his brother both going to be uh, playing, uh, Travis for the uh, the Chiefs and his brother playing for the Eagles, and so that's the first time brothers have faced each other in the Super Bowl, and so... Uh, uh, very, a lot of interesting angles there to watch for, in addition to all those great commercials, too, John. Absolutely. For, uh, meanwhile, uh, any other uh, stories, big stories here that you're keeping an eye on uh, on this Monday morning? Yeah, kind of sad news. Uh, of course, Friday night, the uh, footage, body camera footage, uh, uh, was and other footage as well uh, released uh, from Memphis to Friday night with the... Uh, uh, the the beating death of Tyree Nichols and uh, again all five officers involved were fired uh, facing murder charges as well his stepfather uh, urging protesters to do so peacefully but there were protests around the country Baltimore Dallas L A Milwaukee Phoenix and in Memphis too uh, nothing to the degree of what happened uh, in the wake of uh, the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis now almost three years ago but uh, still still amazing we're dealing with this. 
It really is. Uh, it was. I saw the footage. It was absolutely brutal. It's heartbreaking. Uh, keep in mind, uh, th- this was not a racial issue uh, because all five uh, of uh, these officers were also uh, black. Uh, so it was five black officers on a young a black man. And um, this is not the way that uh, police are trained, especially after uh, the victim, you know, surrenders. They don't. You don't keep hitting them and punching them and kicking them in the head. It was just unthinkable. Mm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We, you know, we always hope we get we're past that, but uh, so many have seen bad behavior on both sides, time and time and time again. And this is why we need to continue uh, to uh, pray uh, for peace, uh, peace in our country, pre- peace in our streets. Uh, something that we uh, have to continue to do. As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Hey, sure thing, John. We uh, begin in prayer every hour here on the show, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings uh, through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. And traditionally on Mondays, we pray for the souls in purgatory of our relatives and loved ones. We need to pray for our family and friends who really do need our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you missed uh, any of our conversations or show segments, keep in mind you can always go to our Morning Air podcast and download the show at RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. You can always find us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Air Show and send us an email, morningair at RelevantRadio.com. Now, this morning we're going to continue our new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. In today's show, we're going to talk about the morality of human acts. Our number, again, if you want to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. And joining us live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the baseball priest and a longtime morning air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Uh, You must be smiling this morning with your eagles (laughs) headed to the Super Bowl. Yes, uh, very happy about the result. Uh, I was disappointed, of course, for the 49ers to to have their quarterback injured so early. You know, as an Eagles fan, I I love to see them win, but I I was hoping to see both teams at full strength and, you know, may the best team win then. So I feel bad for the 49ers who had such a great season um, to have it end that way for them. But that aside... Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be uh, uh, pulling for the Eagles in the in the Super Bowl. I have met uh, uh, Mr. Butker. I sometimes celebrate Mass for the visiting teams that come into Chicago to play the Bears. And uh, and you're right, he is a very very fine young man and very faithful Catholic. So uh, I'm sure there's some good Catholics on the Eagles. I just have never 
met any of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I had I had to be pulling for uh, Butker to to nail that field goal, uh, knowing uh, his Catholic background. Uh, you just wonder what's going through his mind. He's probably praying inside quietly. Yeah, you know, as a as a former athlete, uh, our faith does give us that peace. Uh, as scripture says, it goes beyond understanding. And if we know who we are as beloved sons and daughters of God, you know, it, it, it gives us that peace to say, you know, well, even if I miss this field goal, I'm still God's son. Uh, and so ironically, it's not, not that you want to miss the field goal, but it gives you that peace to say, okay, I'm going to give it my best. And uh, what he did, he nailed it. And congratulations. They've been, you had two great quarterbacks, uh, the number one seeds in both uh, uh, conferences, so it should be a, a great game. It'll be a lot of buildup over the next two weeks. No question about that one. Well, let's uh, let's turn to uh, the morality of human acts, which is what we're going to talk about. But first, can you give us just a real brief recap of we uh, what we talked about last week uh, about the intellect and the will? Sure. So the last uh, two weeks we've covered uh, the intellect and the will. You know, the faculties that every human person has. So our intellect uh, helps us to know what is good, true, and beautiful. It, it, it kind of, um, you know, moves us toward the things of God. And then the will is what gives us the strength to choose the good, the true, and the beautiful. And so through the fall, the original sin of Adam and Eve, um, our intellect becomes darkened, uh, where we don't really, don't always know what is right. And our will is weakened where we choose things that are often not of God. And, but we also have the gift of freedom. And with freedom comes responsibility. So we become responsible for our acts. And to, to really think about this, and I love studying morality because it helps us break down our, our daily decisions to think the ultimate goal of every human being is union with God. The catechism calls it the vocation to beatitude, meaning I have a call to true happiness, which is union with God. And so to think about every human act, is this decision that I'm making right now moving me closer to that union with God, or is it moving me further away? You know, if we, if we choose things that are not of God, um, then they, they become vices, they become these habits that, you know, continually pull us away from God. Whereas uh, virtue, which is our, goal of living a virtuous life, good habits, they continually move us closer to God. And the more virtuous we're living, the more uh, they build on each other, the more our intellect becomes clearer and our will becomes stronger. Vices continue to darken the intellect and weaken the will. So that's the background of where we're moving to today on the morality of, of human acts. And Father Burke, we're going to talk here in this segment about the morality of human acts, something that the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us. Can you share a little bit of that teaching out of the Catechism? Sure. The, uh, the main point, there's two main points uh, we make in this, that there are within every human act, uh, the, the morality of it depends on three things. Um, the object which is the action that I'm going to take. It's, it's the what. Um, the intention is, what is, what is, why am I doing this? It's, it's the why. What is my end, uh, end goal of this action? And then the third 
uh, are the circumstances of the action. And this might answer where, when, how, with whom, and what are the consequences of this action. So, and, you know, sometimes this happens so fast in life, we say, well, how can I, how can I take time to think about the object, the what, the intention, the why, and what are the circumstances, what's going to happen as a result of this act. But that's where virtue, when we start to become more aware and we stop, stop to think about, you know, these three things, we start to realize, oh, that, that was a good action. That was a morally good action that led me closer to God. And, and I want to experience that more. Um, and the opposite is true also when we use our freedom to choose actions that, you know, are not good or our, our intentions are not good. Um, then we, again, the, the intellect is dimmed and the, and the will is weakened. So, um, and the second point besides those three, uh, within the first point is that, um, the end never justifies the means. In other words, um, we can't, uh, a good intention, it says, can can be disordered if my a good act can be disordered if it's not a good intention. So I can a good example here is maybe I want to help uh, I want to help somebody, which is a good act. But if my intention is to draw attention to myself, I want to be noticed. Uh, that that makes it uh, not good. And so I think that's where we can stop and think always, okay, why am I doing this? Um, and I think it really brings to light our, our mixed intentions sometimes, you know, as, as fallen human beings, as sinful human beings, sometimes, you know, we, we desire the attention, we desire things for ourselves. And so what, what, this, what morality is trying to make us move toward is just a recognition that, okay, I want to do what is good and I want to have good intentions and I want the, the circumstances, the, the consequences to be good. And uh, it's a dying to ourselves and living for God. And ironically, the less we live for ourselves, the more joy, the more beatitude we had said, the, you know, the beatitude yesterday, the more true happiness that we find in our lives. And so uh, those are kind of the, the main uh, points of this area of the morality of human acts. And uh, uh, Father Burke, we just celebrated the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas uh, on Saturday, and he had a lot to say about that the end does not justify the means, as well as the importance of a properly formed conscience, so you can determine whether what you do is good or bad. Exactly. That's why, as... uh, as Catholic Christians, it's important for us to inform our consciences, right? It's important that we study our faith. It's important that we spend time in prayer. The more that we inform our conscience, the more that we, uh, we, you know, fill our intellect with the things of God, the more we can, we're able to choose the good and act upon it. Um, you know, we, I always think, you know, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. And so to love the Lord with our, our heart and soul kind of reaches to the core of ourself. I think of that like our will, and that happens through prayer. Um, and how do we love the Lord our God with our mind? It's through study. It's through coming to know uh, God through the scriptures, through the catechism. 
And so the more that we fill our mind and our hearts with the things of God, the more um, uh, we're able to develop these good, virtuous habits in our lives. But if we just kind of think, like as a baseball player, I couldn't just throw my glove on the field and say, oh, I'm going to become a good second baseman. (laughs) I had to work at it. I had to invest time in practicing it. And the same is true with our faith. The more that we invest in prayer and the scriptures and the sacraments, the more our intellect and will are, are strengthened to, to do the things that God calls us to do. And we find fulfillment in life along the way. This um, is an ongoing process to continue to study our faith and really understand uh, what our faith teaches. And uh, I think that you know, being able to dive into the catechism and take little chunks at a time uh, is a great way to further educate ourselves, which is what I love about our discussions here, that we're, we're basing it right out of the catechism of the Catholic Church. It is, and, and that's, that's our goal with this Be Formed is, you know, I, I found, so I'm a convert, so I studied the faith when I was 18. That's when I began studying, well, I began studying in high school, and then I really did a deep dive as a senior in high school when I was coming into the church. But I found that a lot of people, once they get confirmed, normally around the age of 13, then we stop our our formal uh, formation in the Catholic Church. But we continue to study math, science, English, all of those things which are great, but we, we often stop our formation in faith, which is the most important thing, which is what's gonna help lead us to heaven. And so I found that when we can form adults in the faith, and they start to come to realize, oh, this is why we do what we do. This is why the church teaches that. Then the, uh, the buy-in is much greater. And uh, I've heard, we've just been doing Deform two years, and people are telling me, you know, how much it's enriching their faith and how much now understanding uh, uh, our beautiful faith has helped them to just practice their faith in a much more rich way. So, um, that's the goal of this. And of course, Father Michael Schmitz has the catechism in a year, the Bible in a year. Those are there's such great um, opportunities for Catholics to be formed in their faith as adults these days. And we are so blessed to have the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, as our guide, uh, something uh, that uh, both St. Uh, Pope John Paul II and uh, Pope Benedict uh, XVI uh, uh, were so largely responsible for, for this uh, teaching document. It, it is so beautiful. It's, it's probably not something that people are just going to read from cover to cover like a, a good novel, um, but like what Father Michael Schmitz is doing and what we're doing is taking a piece at a time, explaining it, giving, giving practical examples, and then, you know, it becomes this, incredibly rich source uh, of, of formation in our lives. So um, I think if we have our, our Bible and our catechism handy and uh, we, we get into something that's going to continue forming our faith, people, uh, they don't regret it. They say, wow, I wish I'd have known this. I get that a lot. I wish I'd have known this a long time ago. Well, we can't turn the clock back, but we can you know, start today and invest in these things that truly matter. As always, Father Burke, thanks so much uh, for being with us uh, here this morning and uh, for your teachings and uh, your spiritual perspective. My pleasure. Always good to be with you, John and, and Glenn, and God bless you and all of your listeners.
And uh, go Eagles, uh, your team. Thanks so much, uh, Father Burke Masters, uh, the baseball priest and the longtime Morning Air contributor. We need to take uh, a short break. When we come back, uh, career coach Bruce Lockenauer will be with us uh, from Dallas to continue our series on how to land your dream job and get an update on the huge tech layoffs uh, that have happened recently by many big-name companies across America. So stay with us here on this Monday edition of Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah this morning. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. The Apostle St. Paul writes, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us to pray for our leaders, to pray for our government, our president, to pray for Congress. Our nation needs prayer and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, more than ever before. We always pray with great confidence that prayer from the chaplet of the divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Once again, it's time to continue our series on how to land your dream job with career coach Bruce Lockenauer, who is joining us live. He's going to take your calls at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Today, we're going to continue uh, our discussion about the recent tech layoffs and some new insights into the job market. But first, listen to uh, the CBS Evening News reporting on the Google and big tech layoffs. But we do want to begin tonight with those major layoffs in Silicon Valley. Google's parent company, Alphabet, announcing today it will cut 12,000 positions. That is 6% of its workforce. The tech giant's biggest ever round of layoffs come during the same week that Microsoft and Amazon also announced job cuts. Nationwide companies are cost-cutting amid concern about a slowing economy and pending recession. Joining us live from Dallas, Texas, is Morning Air contributor Bruce Lockenauer. Uh, Bruce has a bachelor's degree in economics from Northwestern University and an MBA from Harvard. He has spent the last 25-plus years working with public and private company board of directors, CEOs, and top executives on their career and talent needs. You can always send your questions to Bruce, bruce at relevantradio.com. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. John, good morning. It's great to be with you. Happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to see you uh, in the flesh uh, when you uh, visited uh, our studios, our national headquarters here last week. Yeah, I only wish it was today. It's so much fun being in those wonderful studios. And it's just so energetic when you're there live. Uh, but thanks for, thanks for allowing me to do this piece remotely. 
Well, Bruce, uh, we've been hearing a lot of stuff in the news uh, about uh, the uh, uh, the layoffs, uh, the potential recession, um, but unemployment uh, has remained uh, near uh, pretty low numbers. Uh, can you uh, cast uh, any light uh, into the situation here uh, on this uh, Monday morning of the last Monday of the month? I think I can, John, and here's why. Um, you know, in addition to digging into the job market as we have over the last year and a half, uh, I can rely on my experience of having worked to help boards and CEOs and top talent both recruit and land uh, great jobs in this sector, because my focus has been on the tech sector, John, over the last 25 plus years. So I, I do have some perspective on it. And I think it's it's a, it's a fascinating story. I think it's a Harvard Business School case waiting to be written. I bet there are cases that have been written about it. But you can break it down into a few components, John. I think first, as the companies gained traction and got big, you know, what was going on? What got them big and, and what do they do on, on, from hiring practices perspective? Then the quarantine hit. How did big tech respond? It was different than the rest of the world. And then finally, what, what, what just happened? This was a seismic of, uh, impact uh, or event that happened in the big tech sector. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. And John, I think about, oh, maybe, um, I'll call it, give it, well before the pandemic, so five, 10 years ago, I was recruiting and I had an executive who was fantastic for the role. The company fell in love with that executive and lo and behold, he or she had an offer from a big tech company. And that offer, John, was a multiple the value of the, of the salary and the stock options was a multiple of what we were offering. Arguably, our job was the better job, but the candidate just couldn't say no to all that wealth accumulation potential. So, so you know, I, I, I felt this and dealt with this firsthand. And what the big tech companies were doing as they went through those periods of, of uh, meteoric growth was they sought to hire the best and the brightest. Because if you were one big tech company, you didn't want to let that awesome candidate go to one of the other big tech companies. And they did everything they could to hire great talent. And you know, it, it was working. I mean, the, the companies performed well, and they paid them with huge stock grants, and it seemed like the stocks could go nowhere but up. You know, the other thing is the, um, the companies were focused not on the bottom line like the rest of business, but rather on the top line, on growth. You know, growth, it was almost growth at any cost. So, you know, a big factor in growth is having the people to drive the growth. So they went crazy. And, it, and John, it's interesting because it created, and this is also pre-quarantine, pre-pandemic, it created a scenario uh, which was, again, un, un, unseen in business until this time. It created a class of people called resters and vesters or coasters. And what this was is people who had been uh, given a large equity grant as they came in, stock options, and then that the stock appreciated and they were close to the final vesting and they were, you know, comfortable. So they would tell their boss, no new projects, please. I just want to finish what's on my plate until for the next six months until all my equity vests. So it was, um, you know, hadn't seen that before. But the culture that it created in those companies. The conventional wisdom was employment for life. It was like taking a job at the post office, John. You, you knew, you, you, you know, you, you, you fogged a mirror and you were, you were still there for the most part. These guys they, had hit the lottery. They, they set forever. Yeah, 
No, it is. And that's, that's the culture. You have a whole generation of tech executives that worked for those, that worked for those companies that had that mindset, John. It was almost a little bit of an entitlement mindset that they were, you know, bigger and better than, than the rest of the world and they had kind of deserved what, what they got. All right. Uh, then we fast forward uh, to the pandemic. Uh, what was going on uh, with in terms of hiring during the pandemic? John, yet another term was coined for this sector and what they were doing. It's called labor hoarding to hoard something. You know, you grab all the the squirrels hoard the acorns for the winter because they know it's going to be tough. The tech companies hoarded talent because they knew that was the recipe for stock appreciation, for, for growth, revenue growth, which meant stock appreciation. So I don't know exactly what discussions were going on in the executive suites, but you had a lot of companies that were laying off talent as the pandemic hit. People didn't know where things were going and were spinning off talent. But if you think about it, those companies, uh, uh, the Amazons of the world, the Metas, the, the Alphabets slash Google, um, the Meta slash Facebook, they were benefiting from people being locked up at home and their, their, their activity was going north. So they were a big acquirer of talent and to the point where they hired talent for talent's sake. Now, it's interesting. There's a, uh, this is not true of all technology companies, John, thank goodness. Uh, but we're talking about the big tech companies. The, uh, the traditional tech companies, um, there was a, a, a recent interview by the CEO of Adobe, the uh, PDF software company. They've got a whole host of different brands out there. They've been around forever. Their CEO has been in the job for 17 years. And he was asked about this phenomenon that's going on. He said, you know, we have always been focused on a balance of growth and profitability. Um, and what you're seeing now is the, 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 the tech world having to take that kind of uh, focus. So we saw, so, so the pandemic was yet, you know, so you had coming into it, this growth, you had these Resters, investors, you had hire the best talent, lots of people thinking they were set for life, as we talked about. Then you had the pandemic and they went into hyper uh, growth where they just hired you know, everybody they could get their hands on because it drove more, they were growing so rapidly to drive additional growth. And they were concerned, as we've been talking about, there's still a, sh a labor shortage. And they knew that. And they, they literally hoarded talent, not looking at the bottom line, but looking at the top line. So that's, that's sort of what happened in the pandemic, John. You got the companies, the, the huge companies getting even bigger and hiring very aggressively. Well, Bruce, I want to definitely talk about uh, what has happened here more, more recently with uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and other uh, big tech companies uh, laying off more than 70,000 employees just in the last year alone. Uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. First, we need to take a, a, a short break. I want to also in, invite our listeners, if you have any thoughts uh, or questions on these recent big tech layoffs. If you yourself have been a victim of a layoff, uh, if you have any questions about landing a dream job, we're taking your calls for career coach Bruce Lockenauer at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a very short time out as we continue our discussion with Bruce. Stay with us. There's much more to come on the other side. Dip, 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 dip. 
A little 50s music for you here this morning. Welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for tuning in as we continue our conversation with Morning Air contributor Bruce Lockenauer, our career coach. And we're talking about the tech layoffs and uh, some of his insights uh, into the uh, current uh, job market situation. Again, if you want to be part of our conversation, if uh, you have any thoughts about the, these uh, huge uh, recent uh, big tech layoffs uh, for Bruce, our number 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. All right, Bruce, uh, give us your take. What do you think uh, has just happened uh, uh, with these huge uh, tech layoffs. Sure, John. Uh, what's happened is what that Adobe CEO talked about. He had he had run his company with a traditional business focus on profitability, and the financial markets shifted. They started uh, as as the stock markets going down. They looked at big tech, said, "Hey, wait a minute, you're not making a, you know, the profits you should." And there's been a, a shift in focus from top line growth to profitability. So you've got all you know the major big tech companies. John, you mentioned seventy thousand. I've heard even bigger numbers tossed around about the number of layoffs that have happened in the last year, uh, with you know Google laying off twelve thousand as you led the top of the show. What happened? They had a shift in focus. They said, okay. Then those executive suites, they said, let's uh, let's show the street, Wall Street, and investors that we are being uh, physically prudent with our investment, and we will trim our talent. Now, there's a huge unintended consequence in that, John, because we talked about that culture that, that, that has been created over the last you know 20 plus years as these companies have been a safe harbor for, for employees, the best, the brightest, thought nothing could happen. Boom, a seismic shock of a 2 a.m. in the morning email, John, that went out to most of those 12,000 people, Europe, there's, you've got different labor laws, that said, uh, your password will no longer work. I mean, it was just a shock to the system. People, you know, their heads were spinning, John. This was anathema to what they had experienced uh, in their career up to this point. You have, uh, and they said they targeted redundancies. So, you know, if they found that they made an acquisition here or they had uh, uh, invested in the same thing in different parts of the business. But I think it went beyond that. I think uh, we talked about those resters, investors, slash coasters. I'm sure they've, they were uh, included in the lists, um, and that's and not. That's, and I was going to say that's not. That's not counting uh, the Microsoft uh, layoffs. They're they're letting go of about ten thousand uh, employees, and uh, of course, uh, Amazon um, also cutting eighteen thousand more. So I mean, these are big. These is these are big numbers. They are, John. They are, John. Um, let me put those numbers in perspective. Then I want to come back to the cultural impact because. So I, I have seen numbers that are, that are approaching 200,000 in terms of the, the total tech layoffs since the beginning of last year. But recall, our market, our job market, just is so darn resilient. Our unemployment is below full employment. I mean, full employment is 4%. We're at 3.5%. In December, the economy, our, the January numbers are coming out here shortly, but in December, our economy created, so I mentioned the tech layoffs, 200,000. Our economy created a new 220,000 jobs, 20,000 more than all the tech layoffs in, in the last year. So there's still a demand for talent. 
out there. It may not be in the big tech companies, but but wait, let me go back. So let me go back to big tech companies for a second. One, uh, they're still hiring, John. What they'll they'll call it something like a strategic area. Wait a minute, how can you lay off all these people? Still be hiring? They're still hiring. They still have areas where they need talent, and they need they, where there it's a, it's a new initiative they're going after, or it's you know they they see white hot white hot growth in the future, and they're hiring. So don't think that the big tech companies still aren't hiring. They are, and then. Uh, the, uh, the the second point I was going to make is that um, you know while it's uh, that begs the question leads leads into the, the question that I think a lot of our listeners are going to ask which is holy cow if the tech companies are laying off like this is this going to spread like the flu through the economy through businesses across industries not just tech but the industrial consumer products what have you and John I think the answer is Yes and no, and I think there are some things that our, our listeners can do. So why do I say yes and no? Yeah, yes, because CEOs are going to you know, have to answer their boards when the boards say, hey, wait a minute, Microsoft, as you said, John, just laid off all these people. What, what are we doing? You know? um, so I think uh, if, if you're uh, going to acquiesce to your board, you're going you're to say, yes, we will make some layoffs, and or if you need to trim some fat, if there are some areas where you think you need to to, to do it, so it's either going to be window dressing for the Wall for Wall Street, saying, "Look, we went ahead and, and made reductions," or you may be trimming some things, or you may be like one of the few companies I remember in the uh, quarantine that instead of this is a company down in Austin, an industrial tech company, got a lot of respect for them. Instead of laying off people, you remember where there was a mass layoffs right right up front, they redeployed them, they provided additional training and put people in different roles so they could keep their employment. Um, so. That's part of it. That, Bruce, that I want to I, I bring in a, a listener who prefers please. to be anonymous here this morning uh, before we run out of time. Uh, anonymous, uh, welcome to Morning Air. You are on uh, with our career coach, Bruce Lockenauer. Great. Um, I have a question. When you're looking to um, transition to work that you've been doing within your same field, but work you've been doing maybe, say, three, four years ago, What's the best way to handle that? Because everything on my resume, on my LinkedIn, is going to show that I've been working within, you know, a different um, a different part of the same field. What's the best way to handle it? And then I do have a second question, if I could. Go ahead. The, the best way to handle it is to be transparent. By the way, uh, Anonymous, thank you for calling in. Really appreciate it. Uh, there, you'll need to have a story associated with it, which which is fine. I mean, I, I think I was, I was talking to a an executive about this who's going to leave his track in software sales management to go start a company uh, on his own with a partner. And he asked me, you know, what's the risk to that? I said, nothing. You know, it just shows you tried something new. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. It shows that you're entrepreneurial and, and willing to take risks. That's okay. So you need to have a good story about it, but it's fine. I mean, people people try different things. I would argue you had, you would bring more breadth to the role you're going to go back to. But go ahead. What's your follow-on question, please? Oh, whether or not it's uh, still a good time to be looking with all of the layoffs going on. It is a great time. In fact, I think it's not only a good time to look, but I think it's a great time to get your salary up to the market level. You know, we've just been through this whole great reshuffling, you know, all, all, all the terms for it that uh, show that a lot of people moved. And when they moved, they got big bumps. So the salary, the world of, of compensation has taken a step function up, not just going up kind of linearly, but a big step up. 
So, you know, my advice to you uh, and to our listeners that have been in a role for a period of time is that uh, who knows what's coming down the road. My only fear about the, the, the labor market is if the Fed goes to the extreme in raising interest rates and just brings the economy to a halt. I don't think they're going to do that, but if they did, things could change. But right now, we are in a still in a tight job market. So I would encourage you to look now to, and for those, those folks who are, are happy but have been in a role for a few years, to also look, just to see if you have the best, the best you can do for yourself in a discussion with your boss about getting your compensation to market level is by knowing what that market level compensation is and having an offer in hand to go somewhere else. I'm not suggesting you go somewhere else, but yes, it is a good time. And we don't, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's coming down in the future. But right now, the time is good. So I, I wish I wish you well. Oh, one other thing um, that yes. that I have recommended to several listeners that my wife taught me. I think that came from the Drew Mariani show, which is to say the litany to Saint Joseph. If you go to the relevant radio app in the top right hand corner, there's a pray a pray button. You push that. You go to devotional prayers. You push that, and like second or third from the bottom is the novena to Saint Joseph. Say that for nine days yes. and, and strap in. Can't go wrong with St. Joseph. Thanks so much, Anonymous. Bruce, we're going to have to leave it right there. As always, I really appreciate uh, your insights. Uh, real quickly, how can our listeners contact you? Sure, John. Best way is to send me an email. The email address is bruce at relevantradio.com. B-R-U-C-E at relevantradio.com. Thanks again. And that's been career coach and morning air contributor Bruce Lockenauer. And now it's time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called Please Come Home by Max Lucado. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with a home having only a pallet on the floor, a wash basin, and a wood-burning stove, she dreamt of a better life in the city. One morning, she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what life on the streets would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go find her. On her way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing pictures. She sat in the photo booth, closed the curtain, and spent all she could on pictures of herself. With her purse full of small black and white photos, she boarded the next bus to Rio de Janeiro. Maria knew Christina had no way of earning money. She also knew that her daughter was too stubborn to give up. When pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place with a reputation for streetwalkers or prostitutes. She went to them all, and at each place, she left her picture, taped on a bathroom mirror, tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to a corner photo booth, and at the back of each photo, she wrote a note. It wasn't too long before both the money and pictures ran out, and Maria had to go home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her small village. It was a few weeks later that young Christina descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired, her brown eyes no longer danced with youth, but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dream had become a nightmare. A thousand times over, she'd longed to trade those countless beds for her secure pallet. Yet the little village was, in too many ways, too far away. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a familiar face. She looked again, and there, on the lobby mirror, was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned, and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small photo. Written on the back was this compelling invitation 
Whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And she did. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Remember that you can download any of Glenn's Story Corners or Morning Air Conversations that you might want to listen to again or share with others online at RelevantRadio.com or go to our Relevant Radio mobile app. Go to Shows on Demand and download our podcast. And that'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air. 